kill you with truth with uh, my guy Chad Brown and, and Nate Jackson still flying. And so we'll catch up with Nate tomorrow. But hey, man, let's go over a spectacular weekend for the Broncos, Chad. And I want to just dive right into the Baron Browning hit. And we'll get into the playoff implication and what's next for the Broncos. But I did see you on Twitter engage with quite a few people about Browning being flagged for a hit that did cause a concussion to DTR, knocked him out of the game. And on first blush, I was like, that's not a penalty. And then I read the rules. I'm rolling my eyes a little bit. And then when I watched the replay, okay, I guess he launched himself. The hit itself was with his shoulder like he was trying to do it the right way. But I guess, yeah, okay. But then again, Chad, when you run your feet, leave the ground. Okay, help me out here, Chad. Where are you with the Baron Browning hit on DTR? Okay, I love hitting quarterbacks. I like when I like seeing quarterbacks go down and I like seeing them go down hard. So let me be clear about that. I'm not some you know old man taking the league's uh, angle on this whole thing. I recognize it. It's, it's incredibly fun. I, I went out and, and hunted quarterbacks. And when you get near them, you want to blast them to the ground. There's no doubt about that. So that's my intent. But I also understand what the league is trying to do. The league is trying to protect offensive players and protect quarterbacks because that's what most of the fans want to see. There's not 32 starting level quarterbacks in the NFL when the season starts, much less in week 12 like we are right now where there's so many backup quarterbacks playing out there and it leads to a crappy brand of football. So league's got an obligation to protect these guys. Now, as far as what Baron Browning did upon first glance, no, it did not seem to be a dirty hit. It did not seem to be some egregious violation of the rules. But once you start to look at it and understand how the league views these things, because again, I'm not coming at this from an angle of the Broncos are dirty and Baron Brown is a dirty player. I'm just trying to explain on Twitter the rules of the NFL and how the league office is going to look at this. So no, I'm not a Bronco hater. I'm not a clown. Yes. I did play NFL football. I freaking was nominated to the pro, pro, pro football hall of fame. So I was actually pretty good at this. I sacked quarterbacks. So all those things are true. So I'm coming at this, not from an angle of Baron Brown you're such a bad guy, but from an angle of, Hey, I've, been fined by the NFL. I have dealt with the league office. I've had those appeals calls with a suit over there or a former player over there at the league office and had these things explained to me like I'm a freaking five-year-old. And so I'm trying to break that down to the fans. That's where the Twitter fight comes from. In specifics to the Baron Browning uh, hit on DTR. While he did not leave his feet five yards ahead of DTR, he launched himself at an upward angle to go to the upper body, the chest, neck, and head area of DTR. And while he led with his shoulder, his helmet did make contact with DTR. And he also, with his shoulder, made, com made contact with DTR's head and neck area. So once you have those couple things together, the officials have... No, nothing else they can do in that situation. They have an obligation mm. to throw the flag. Now, the officials saw it as launching. I saw it as launching. In the explanation that Baron Browning gets from the league office, it's going to mention launching. Does it mean you have to launch yourself four or five yards ahead of time? No. Do you have to be completely off the ground with both feet when the hit makes? 
when you, when you make contact with the hit for it to be launching, you don't. So again, I, I, I'm not saying Barry Brown is a dirty player. I understand people's frustration with the rules. They're inconsistently uh, evaluated. Flags are inconsistent. Uh, quarterbacks are blasted almost every week where there's no flag and a hit like with the one yesterday, which kind of just touches on some of the issues within the rulings. Uh, that one gets flagged. I, yes, it's unfair. It's inconsistent, but that is the reading of the rule as you read it, DMAC. And uh, it's a flag offense and he will be fined for that as well. Suspended. Probably uh, not suspended, right? I don't know. Not first no, time. I don't think so. Not first time. It doesn't have a history of this. And again, it wasn't, uh, he did not. Now, Kareem Jackson has launched himself from yards away and literally led with his helmet like he's right. a freaking right. rocket ship. That's a different situation than what we had yesterday with Baron Browning. Do you think the NFL, this is conspiracy theory time, has something against Sean Payton and is looking to target the Broncos for whatever reason, because they know Roger Goodell and Sean Payton have a terrible relationship. Okay. That's a decent conspiracy theory. Um, Cause I've heard the question kind of framed more so as does the NFL have it out for you? PJ lock. Does the NFL have it out for you? Baron Browning. No, ain't nobody in the league office concerned about PJ lock or Baron. Browning. Right. right. I'm, I'm, and I, I don't say that to diss those guys. I just go, they have not risen to that kind of level. This is not a Kareem Jackson. This is not a James Harrison kind of thing, but the league is literally looking at every single hit those guys do. But the Sean Payton question, I think that's yeah. a fair one uh, because of the history, because of some of the animosity, because of some of the things that Sean Payton gets up at a podium and says, um, does the officiating crew have word from somebody at the NFL office that they got to watch the Broncos because this is a dirty football team? <sighs> I would certainly hope not, but uh, I would not say it is an impossibility. Um, so that kind of conversation could be had. Yes, I think that's a fair question. Okay, we'll see what happens in that department. You know what's ironic about all of this? It is the physical nature right now of the Broncos that's propelling them to where they are, Chad. There's, I have no doubts about it. They got in a street fight with the Browns, and they came out on top. Miles Garrett is hurt. Garrett Bowles had one of the best games of his career against Miles Garrett. They ran the ball more or less. Not only did they run the ball against the Browns, they dared the Browns to throw the ball and the Browns backed down. They capitulated. They played right into what the Broncos wanted them to do. This was a masterful coaching job, preparation, and execution by the team. This was a ass-kicking that the Broncos handed to the Browns, Chad, in, in every department imaginable. This really was one of the most satisfying Broncos wins I've seen in a long, long time. I will agree with with that. The last part, definitely satisfying, definitely uh, proof that the formula that the Broncos are playing with works. Turn the ball, ball over on defense. Three turnovers again yesterday. Were some of those giveaways by the Cleveland Browns? They were, but was some of that perhaps a function of the physicality that the Broncos were playing with? I think that's a, a fair way to, to phrase that. Uh, the run pass ratio. 39 runs to what, 22, 24 passes for Russell? I think it was 22. So that's a, a great ratio right there as well for how the Broncos are winning football games. And to your point, they the Browns coaches, 
because they were unable to, to run the ball effectively. The Broncos came out with Mike Purcell as part of their base defense, put a lot of defensive linemen on the field. They mm-hmm. were able to slow the Browns running game down where they forced DTR to pass, much to their detriment. So they got the Browns to get away from the things that they do best. That's what you're supposed to do as a coach. That's how your game plan is supposed to work. Yep. Take away what they're good at, force them to do things they're not so good at, and eventually along the way, they'll do dumb things or they'll make mistakes, and that's what happened. That's and it. And they did dumb things. How about the snapping it to, what was that guy, a receiver, an H-back? <laughs> they went with that twice. They got a false start, and they fumbled. So that's how left-handed the Broncos forced the Browns to play. They made them do dumb shit and that's what you want to do as a coach let's force the other team to do dumb shit we don't even have to beat them physically on the field we're gonna make them do dumb shit and that's how we'll win yeah they they got into the browns head Mm -hmm. and yeah miles garrett is hurt or was hurt or got more hurt or i don't know but whatever man you don't feel sorry for teams you don't Mm -hmm. and this is impressive is it sustainable with Russell Wilson for the next couple of years? Meaning, Chad, you have to make a decision in March. His touchdown to interception ratio is outstanding, 20 to 4. He did fumble the ball, but he did fumble the ball. Okay, but the giveaway was a moment that he did get a first down, and that's not great, but nothing really happened because of it either. It's not like the Browns, you know, it's not like it. If you're going to fumble the ball and give it away, Chad, I mean, it's obviously not an ideal situation. I don't want to see it at the goal line or in the red zone. I don't want to see it, you know, inside your own 20. If you're going to do it, picking up a first down and giving it away at like your opponent's 40, 35-yard line or whatever, listen, it's not good. I'm not saying it's good, but that's manageable. It's a good aggressive play and something bad happened. It's not bad, though. When I see like Josh Allen, throwing interceptions in the red zone when they're about to score stuff like that. It drives me absolutely nuts. Or you, you, you force the ball on first down. Now, Russell Wilson's gotten away with a couple things, but overall, I mean, overall, he's not really pressing the ball down the field. Although there were a couple of deep shots, a couple passes are generally five to seven yards. So safe and conservative, but you're picking up first downs. I mean, they were successful against the Browns on third down. Chad, the Browns are the number one defense on third down in the NFL. What are we watching here, man? Is it a recipe for the future? Okay, so I would have said there is no way the Broncos can continue to win. And I actually, no, I not would have. I actually said there's no way they can continue to win with the passing numbers that Russell Wilson is putting up. 134 yards. That is high school quarterback number. (laughs) And I I don't say Russell Wilson's playing quarterback at a high school level, but those are high school quarterback numbers. But so that's the constraints that Sean Payton is putting on Russell Wilson and some ways that Russell Wilson is willing to go out there and execute. Because in the end, it's always going to be about the W. And they are getting the W. So this formula is working. Again, I would have said there's no way that you can continue this. As long as you continue to get the turnovers, then the offense doesn't have to take massive chances. And Russell Wilson has been tamed enough as a buck, bucking Bronco. He's been tamed enough by Sean Payton to check it down, throw screens, wide receiver jet screens, uh, short passes to tight ends and running backs, and occasionally throw the ball downfield. In a game where Cortland Sutton 
was, you know, clearly beating the brakes off of Newsom, the cornerback for Cleveland. Sean Payton managed to avoid trying to press the ball downfield because that secondary for the Browns had a number of interceptions. So it was that kind of lack of ego coaching. Yes, I'm Sean Payton. Me and Drew Brees used to light it up and pass for over 4,000 yards every year. But with this guy, which goes to your question about Russell Wilson's future, I I can't do that. I don't trust that guy in that way. Therefore, I've got to put some some parameters in a box around him and what he's willing, uh, what I can ask him to do. And so, yeah, they don't need to pass for 200 yards when the defense gets three turnovers and they're able to run the ball for 169 yards, even when Russell Wilson was a big part of that running attack. I will say on the Russell Wilson fumble where he got the first down, as a quarterback, it is actually cool for you to slide. Yeah. That is okay for you to do. NFL running backs, no, you guys can't slide. But a quarterback can slide. And Russell Wilson, in those situations, when he's running in the middle of the field and there is three people coming at him, just yeah. slide, dude. You can yeah. do that. There's no shame in that. You were a former baseball player. You're actually very good at sliding. Now, when you're running out to the sideline, do your thing where you run and you stick the ball forward and pick up an extra yard. I'm all down for that. But know who you are. Know where you are in your career, Russell Wilson. And this team needs you to be healthy for the entire season. So in the middle of the field, go ahead, man. Just slide. We're cool with that. Texans, Lions, Chargers twice, Raiders, Patriots. Probably got to win four of those six. Two of those games are at home. Chad, can they, will they make the playoffs? At this point, it is certainly going in that direction. When you possess the NFL's longest winning streak of five games, when you have a formula that you've been able to replicate after the first two wins, I came on this podcast and was like, yeah, you know, they're kind of lucky. You know, Jordan Love threw an interception late. Uh, The Bills had 12 guys on the field. But at the same time, in that Bills game, you put yourself in the position where you played well enough to be able to get lucky. Absolutely. You you played well enough against the Green Bay Packers where you were able to force a young quarterback into a desperation move to try to win the ball game. So you created your own luck. So while it is still technically lucky, you created that luck and you deserve a tip of the cap for that. But now that you've done this five weeks in a row, yeah, there's no denying that you have gone from just lucky to be good. And they are good at this formula they're executing. And so these upcoming games, the Texans, the Lions, and teams like that, um, yeah, I think the Broncos are going to be tested because they're going on the road now for three in a row. That's always a test of a football team, your road mentality. Can you become road warriors? But within that, um, this is a team that's playing with a high level of confidence. When you can go out there and play with that confidence and out-physical your opponent, uh, particularly on the offense and defensive lines, you have a wonderful chance of winning. So to answer a very long way of answering your question, yes, I think this team uh, playoffs are within the realm of possibility. Chad, I can't wait to chop it up with you all this week. I think it's super exciting. The Broncos haven't had a winning record since 2016. They haven't made the playoffs since they won the Super Bowl in 2015. The vibe at the stadium was absolutely fantastic. It was electric. There's only two more home games left. It's wild how fast it actually goes, but it's going quick now, and it's exciting because the team is good. I can't even believe it, man. They were 1-5, in five, and now they are on a roll. Do you know what a scorigami is, Chad? Uh, I'm not sure what that phrase comes from. I know this was the first time the 29-12 score was ever that has ever happened in an NFL game, but I'm not sure what the scorigami 
terminology comes from. I don't, I don't know either. I don't know the uh, etymology of Scorigami, but or the origin story. Hopefully, there's a movie about it. But <laughs> yes, twenty nine twelve has never been a score, and I brought it up to Sean Payton. This is the second time they've had a Scorigami, and I did remind him the other one was seventy to twenty. Give me your uh, your second one. Have I heard of a gum? No. Score gum? No. It's a unique football score that's never existed in the NFL. You have two of them this year. Which means today. What, why is that? Like, why is it unique? 29 as well. It's never happened. It's never been a final score. There's never been a final score. You're saying there's never been a score 29 to 12? In the NFL. Nor 70 to 20. I like the second score gum. <laughs> Was I being a jerk, or is that a fun, good moment with a team that's won five in a row? No, I, I think you can have some fun with that. And I think Sean Payton was in the mood to receive that question. We've seen Sean Payton when he's not in the proper mood. Uh, you got He's won five in a row. I mean, seriously. Yeah, as, as, as you're having coach, fun. Yes, I'm sure he was more than willing to go out and eat sushi with the family, even though he doesn't <laughs> love sushi, because that's what happens when you win. You, you become more open to the things in life that you weren't open to. You feel good about those things. I got to, you know, again, Sean Payne deserves a, a tip of the cap. You mentioned the 70 to 20 loss to the Dolphins. Um, to keep the team together, yes. to not fire VJ on the plane ride home. Uh, we were talking about the fire sale at the trade deadline. We we're talking about is Sean. There were you know conversations about how safe is Sean Payton. Uh, I mean, there was all that surrounding this football team. Yet and still, they have found a way to, you know, ignore the noise outside. Every coach in the NFL says ignore the noise. Yeah, but, but to actually do it is something completely different. Um, so tip of the cap to Sean Payton, tip of the cap to VJ, those guys in the locker room to, you know, ignore all the stuff that we say, keep their heads down and focused and go from a lucky winner to to actually winning and dominating teams in some way and doing it in a very, gosh, playoff worthy kind of no fashion. Doubt. This, no doubt. This style of winning, this is how you win the playoffs. You run the ball yeah. and you yep. play great defense. So, yeah, I, I, even me are now saying words like playoffs. Can you believe it? I know. A certified Broncos hater. I'll <laughs> give some props, too, to Greg Penner, who I saw briefly after the game yesterday. And I think he's, he's brought stability. And I think when things were about to go off the rails after that Miami game, I think it was good, Chad, to have an owner that wasn't freaking out, that, that was patient enough to say, okay, wait, we just see Carolina. If you didn't catch the news, fired Frank Reich today. Mm -hmm. So, again, what chance do you have when you don't stick to a plan? Who put that plan together? So, I, I listen, we're critical when we need to be critical, but I'm also going to offer praise when it deserves that, too. You kept things stable. You stuck to your guns. You believed in the guys that you had. You did make changes. You did. You didn't stand still. You got rid of Frank Clark. You got rid of Randy Gregory. A lot of things in that Dolphins game, you got guys healthy that weren't playing like Simmons and Josie Jewell, that sort of thing. But then you simplified things as well, and you've developed an identity, especially with those young pass rushers. And the Broncos pass rush hasn't been great, but they're getting after it time after time and forcing, uh, forcing turnovers. Chad, I think it's going to be a race down to the wire to get those four more wins that essentially you'll probably need. And I'm here for it, dude. This is fun. This is exciting. This is why you don't fold your tents unless you weren't one and seven at the bye week 
And I just can't believe how many big games the Broncos have won time after time. They're getting to the point where it's hard to bet against them. I love it. Love it, wow. Chad. I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's yes. It, the last couple of weeks, it's like, wow, I can see how the Bills could win. And clearly, I, I thought the Bills would win that game. I can see how, uh, you know, the, 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 the Vikings would win that game. Yet still the Broncos come out and were able to overcome all this stuff and find ways to get it done. And so, yeah, even beyond Sean Payton, even beyond VJ, I think the, when you have an ownership group that displays confidence in you, that's huge. That's huge. And, and there's a reason why Sean Payton talked about part of the reason why he took this job was because of Greg Penner. So I think he had a sense that unlike David Tepper in Carolina, right. Greg Penner was not going to be rash. He was not going to be quick with the trigger. There was going to be a bit of patience and understanding and looking at the overall trends and not just the specific results. Um, so everyone has talked about David Tepper being a very uh, impatient owner. Now Frank Wright found out that that's the situation. And it's difficult for those impatient owners to find long-term sustained success because somehow they think that they are the smartest football person in the room. Losing sucks. It tears at your soul. It breaks your heart. So I can understand how you're not happy with the situation, but you got to pull it back as an owner and look at the overall trajectory. Is our first pick in the draft quarterback finding ways to get better? Is the arrow still pointing up for our football team? And apparently he thought that wasn't situations. Now the Carolina Panthers are going to be a rudderless ship for the next seven weeks. And how does that help your number one pick? Chad, love you, pal. I can't wait for this entire week. And this is what we're talking about when we kill you with truth. Wait, 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 wait. A quick story. So check out this eye, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did you get yeah. in a fight? No, well, kind of. So I am walking into the stadium in Oklahoma. I got Oklahoma TCU on Friday. And Oklahoma's won all kind of national championships in different sports. So there are light poles that have oh my God. OU banners on them. So as I'm walking in, I'm looking at these tiles on the ground. Oh, nice. Women's 2022 National Gymnastics Champion. And I'm walking. I'm like, oh, there's another tile up there. Let me let me go look at that one. So I have my eyes on the ground looking at the and reading these cool titles from all the achievements at Oklahoma Athletics. Bah! I run right into the pole that's holding that OU banner. Um, I go down to the ground. Whoa. Four or five cops come over because they see this whole thing happen. Wow. I got my 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 hands on my face. I pull my hand away from my face. Both my hands are full of blood. Whoa. Blood is dripping Whoa. off my face. What? One of the cops says, hey, I got some napkins in my pocket. I go, are they clean? He says, yes. He passes them to me. I cover up my eye. I'm disoriented, kind of semi-concussed at the moment. They escort me to the stadium triage, a medical facility within the stadium, which I would imagine most, most folks would have no idea such a thing exists. My first time ever. I mean, it makes sense that it's there. There's 70,000 people going to be there. We got to have somebody to take care of medical needs. But my first time ever being there or ever even, you know, seeing those people. Clean up my face. Sit me down. Yep, you're going to need some stitches. Give me some stitches what? in the corner of my eye. And then I got to go up and freaking do my game. So at the kickoff of Oklahoma <laughs> TCU, the uh -huh. national radio broadcast, uh -huh. I got an ice pack over my eye as I'm calling the game. 
So that's how, what happened to me this weekend. How many years you play in the NFL? 15. I think of myself as a pretty damn good athlete. Yeah. But I did not see that poll at all. Welcome to your 50s. Chad Brown. <laughs> I kill Lord. you with truth. Yeah. I kill myself with truth kill you, sometimes. Kill, you, kill yourself with, with klutziness. <laughs> all right, pal. What a story. That's crazy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. So be you, careful. Man. Keep your eye on it. Pew. The one good one. <laughs> Keep your eye on it, jerk. <laughs> <laughs>